0: Hi there! And welcome to Fantasy Focus Baseball. It's a beautiful Monday morning, March twenty second, twenty twenty one. He is Tristan Happy Cockroft. He just put on his Fantasy Focus socks. He's ready to go. Kyle Sopi produces and researches our little show. I am Eric Carabel. I am comfortably numb. On today's show, irrational long term real life love for catchers. Don't do it in fantasy. Top prospects head to the minors. Shocking news in the latest cl- closer carousel, and of course, trivia and hash browns. Tristan, I hope you had a nice weekend.
1: I sure did. And it is officially spring. So spring, spring, spring. I'm I'm definitely ready to go. I'm looking forward to opening day at this point, even though,
0: yeah. This is the point (laughs) of spring training where I'm like, all right, enough already. I don't care about, you know, who this is hitting a home run off a single (laughs) A pitcher anymore. Just start the season. You
1: Stats, know, need to count. Stats need to count.
0: <laughs> not on March 20th. Uh, okay, let's move on to the news. I don't see a ton of – well, actually, first, men's tournament bracket. Mine is busted. My women's bracket is doing okay. In the men's tournament, I had West Virginia in my final four, so obviously I'm not going to win. I don't care. I'm just happy about Villanova. But our pal Nick Scott, awesome friend of the show, who continues to listen to our show even though he doesn't play fantasy baseball, his Eugene Emerald's lead the fantasy-focused baseball group for the men's bracket – He's in the 100th percentile. He should probably host this show. Good job, Nick. And a good guy. Um, And I don't really care how anyone else's bracket on the show is doing either. Like, as soon as West Virginia lost, I'm like, all right, why did I pick them to go to the Final Four? But look at this. It's like 15 seeds and 13 seeds. And as long as it would be Kyle, who's an expert. Kyle is the men's NCAA tournament bracket expert.
1: Not this year. Not this year. Kyle, how many do you still have for your Final Four?
2: I've got three, but the one that matters isn't there. <laughs> oh, okay. Who'd you have? Oh, you you had Gonzaga losing early, but who'd you have winning it all? Illinois? I had Illinois winning it all. I felt good about it. Oh, Sucker. Okay. <laughs> oh, I was in such a bad mental spot yesterday. I, I
0: See, I'd rather not do the bracket so I wouldn't care about the result of the Syracuse-West Virginia game. <laughs> all I was waiting for was trying to stay awake to watch my Villanova team play, and I did not go to Villanova, but they're like the college team for the Philadelphia area. And, uh, you know... I loved it. It was an easy win. I didn't have to pay attention. I got to watch the Sixers. They win. No Flyers playing. That's good news. All right. Let's move on to fantasy baseball now. Sal Perez signed a contract extension with the Royals. It's ridiculous. Four years, 82 million. And I read the story. I think I read it in The Athletic where basically the GM is saying, yeah, we did this because of what he did in the past. I mean, how much – how illogical is that? We're going to pay you – four extra years now into your mid thirties for stuff that you did in the past, not stuff you're going to do in the future. And I wrote a blog today, obviously a scathing one saying, look, don't draft Sal Perez and JT Real Muto. And I assume you don't know not to draft Yadier Molina in your dynasty league, assuming that they're going to be good in three or four years, because they're not going to be doing the same thing in three or four years. This is a different argument, Tristan, than this year where you've got Real Muto ranked 50 spots higher than I do. I agree. Real Muto is, becoming a bit of a value especially if he misses the first week of the season but what say you about dynasty keeper formats when it comes to 30 year old catchers
1: yeah i (laughs) i think you're it's wise advice you're dishing it's not smart to build around players like this i think that leans towards obvious i think you're being a little too critical of perez's long-term prognosis because I do feel like he fits a little bit of the Yadier-Molina path. The one difference being that he's more power, less batting average oriented than Molina. So it might be a steep fall when Perez finally declines. But at 30 years old for a four-year deal, it's not wise from, a, you know, from, from the way they postured why they did the contract. But I actually do think he's going to provide a decent amount of value over the next, certainly three years, maybe the life of the contract.
0: It just seems to me that this is, it's a poor investment. And as a Phillies fan, I was like, of course, we need Real Muto this year. He's better than Andrew Knapp, and it's not my money. But by the end of this contract, I mean, what are you expecting here? These guys, yadi I think, Yadi molina is different. And maybe Sal will join him, even though he just missed a year. Now, it wasn't for like a knee injury or something that happens over and over again. But And why are we projecting him to bat 272? Sal Perez, other than last season, hasn't batted that high in a season since 2013. We think he's getting better? In his 30s, I I just, I don't know. I'm out. I'm out when it comes to Dennis' keeper format. You don't
1: think he's getting, you don't think there's a chance he's getting better? I mean, I really like some of the stuff he did last year. He's not meeting the batting average, but he did make some pretty tangible improvements.
0: He walked three more times than you did. Three. Okay. He walked three times. If we rip out about Demondacy, how can we not rip this? Like, there's there's a risk here. He batted in 2018, his last full season, he batted 235. I'm not saying he does that again. But there's far more risk of him batting 235 again than there is hope of him batting 333 again. That's all.
1: The point is, the Royals did what. The walking is not a death sentence. Let's not put this. You you are anti catcher. That's what this comes down to. You are anti catcher. I'm anti risk. You're also anti risk.
0: risk. Yeah, but they they go hand in hand.
1: Don't you see how
0: many catchers that no, are 30 years old you've seen this this stat
1: over and over There's no again. way you can compare him to Adalberto Montesi. Montes- Montes- it's not even close. There's there's nothing. Nobody so compare him to Joe Mauer.
0: Compare him to Joe Maurer. Compare him to other catchers that hit 30 years old and okay. couldn't handle offensive production because they kept yeah. getting hurt.
1: Yeah. There was a That's history fair. of this. Yeah, that's fair. That's my problem. And, and that is the risk. And I wouldn't uh, – look, I wouldn't sink a heavy investment into him from a dynasty perspective. But there comes a point where him versus the replacement level catcher, he is actually worth it. There is a I'm point where – I'm not arguing he, that. I'm not right, arguing that. And, and the, here's yeah. – then I'm not, I'm not sure I see where you're going with it. I'm
0: talking about long-term commitments and how the Royals basically just said, because of what you've done in the past for us, you won us a World Series, you were underpaid, we're giving you this money. Yes, I, I don't cool. think fantasy managers should be doing stuff like that. that I do exactly think that- cool. I do think the ADP right now in real muto at like fifty-six is just ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. He's going over players that are gonna get two hundred more plate appearances than him and are healthy and aren't catchers. And Sal Perez is going in the top hundred. That's just that's
1: just not smart behavior in fantasy. I, and and to me that's obvious, but we're glossing over the problem with the catcher position, and that is that it's it it needs to be approached dramatically differently depending on the league type our adp oh, yeah. is out of control generous i am with you on that 100 in espn's 8 10 or 12 team standard mixed leagues they're out of control outrageous i wouldn't go anywhere near any of the top catchers but in a league that uses two of them and maybe some of those adps are drawing off that yeah i, I actually wouldn't go the cheap route i do think there's a, a very definite value of taking Real Muto and Will Smith and Will Smith, and that's even with that report that he's gonna start fewer than hundred games for the Dodgers. That's a
0: problem. How is that not a problem for you? Because that the that... Dodgers are telling you he's
1: not gonna start more than 90 games. He's already because been capped. You are it is are the best catchers today better than the replacement level catcher? Is that difference at least as great as it was even five years ago?
0: I think my issue there is if you have to if you have to use an eleventh or twelfth round pick on Will Smith and you know that the Dodgers want to cap him at ninety starts, how could you take him over somebody like Mike Mustakis, who's going to play every day at middle infield for the Reds? Like people are doing this. And I just think that's poor allocation of of you know what you could be doing. And again, look, if I draft Austin Elnola or Buster Posey in last round and they stink, okay, well then I don't have a good catcher. But to me, take Will Smith may not even get 450 plate appearances. And we're regarding him as the number three catcher, which is fine, but he's going ahead of some really good players overall, I can't, I can't justify you're,
1: that at all. That's then that's fair, and and using Smith and Moustakis, I would barely prefer Moustakis, but I do think it is competitive. And Let you're me right find about
0: the, the exact example here where Will Smith's No, coming. I think that's,
1: I, I, I think that's a well, yeah, but that's ADP. That's the thing. Like I, the way I've ranked them, I rank Moustakis barely ahead of Will Smith. I've got to check to be absolutely sure they're, but it's close. The, all right, I just. I, I think that there's something that needs to be said about if you do wait on catcher, there is a pit by which you fall into having a disaster on your roster, and they do hurt you. And in the ESPN game, it affords you the luxury to take your strategy. You are dead on about that. As a matter of fact, you could go with no catcher in an ESPN league. You could stream catchers, pay literally zero in your draft to get your and, and to take your catcher and then stream them all year. That's a viable strategy here. It is certainly not everywhere else. It's not in the drafts that you and I have been in, certainly not the industry drafts. There's no way you could do that.
0: No, but I don't even know who we're speaking to right now. But yes, I see your point. I'm going to stream in an ESPN league, in expert leagues. I haven't been getting the top catchers. I've been getting like the medium tier catchers. Like I think this weekend – in Towers, I ended up with Dalton Varshow. He was cheap. Austin Nola cost me like $3. That's a great Actually, price
1: really. Price. Yeah, you're, you're two captors. I don't understand that. I really that. like the prices for those two. Varshow might hurt good.
0: my batting average, but he's going to run. He's going to play outfield. He's playing right field for the, for the uh, Diamondbacks right now. So.
1: Yeah, he actually might get the occasional start against righties on the outfield, and that's going to fuel some of the playing time. And I like, I've like i said that getting some of those stolen bases from catcher, that's the way that I want to use catcher. I want to use it to avoid having a damaging batting average or on-base percentage. And I want to see if I can get things that are rare to get from everywhere, anywhere else, like the two that you got, Matt. Um, but. By the way, it's completely absurd that here I'm the guy actually trying to make the case to defend catchers. I mean, like the world's turned upside down. (laughs) You know, the apocalypse is here.
0: (laughs) That's the 10 minute argument of the day between Eric and Tristan about catching. We do that on half our shows now. We got to stop. No more. We will not discuss catcher. On Thursday's show, unless there's actual news, I mean Perez is news. You curse us he,
1: now. There's news now. There'll be now news. Be you news. know it.
0: Someone else will get hurt, <laughs> traded. Yeah. Um, ever so briefly, so I was in um, mixed fifteen team mixed tout, and you were in N O only tout. And there's only one player that we both got, and it's going to be shocking when you figure it out who I took. But the price just died at three dollars. How can I not take Herman Marquez for three dollars in a league where I can sit him? For for weeks when he's at home. Like I don't understand why the price stopped there. I mean, there were crazy prices all over the place. But what please tell since you win leagues, please tell us why Herman Marquez makes sense of the Rockies in a league where you can put him on your bench for weeks where he has two starts at home.
1: And that's exactly it. Now, now in Tal Wars, it's a little bit trickier than in Labor because we only get. Actually, I'm not sure in yours in the mix. I know six. in the NL I have
0: six bench spots. You
1: get see now. That's to me. That's brilliant. You have six bench spots. You can avoid all of the games of cores against the Dodgers, the Padres, and if any of the the other elite offenses from out of division come into play, you will avoid those. But you'll use all of the other Marquez games, the road games. As a matter of fact, my greatest criticism of him would be that he. Really, is on a terrible team, so he'll probably have a bullpen that might be blowing some of his leads or a lineup that doesn't give him enough to get wins. Wins could be a little bit of an issue. Don't really care. Love the value. It was three for you. It was $6 for me in a 12-team NL, which I think is ridiculous. Even with the four bench spots, I'm going to maximize those, avoid Dodgers Padres. And frankly, his stuff was very good. Still got more than 50% ground balls. No real loss in fastball velocity. This was still a very good pitcher last year. He could give you an ERA below four overall where you extract the good games. Whip in the one, two is where you extract again the good games. And might get you 200Ks overall, which you're extracting 160, maybe 150, 160 in those matchups. I was very surprised too. I I, I think it's people are going a little bit too anti-Rocky pitcher at this stage.
0: Well... Our friend AJ Mass has Herman Marquez as the number 11 starting pitcher, so I know he would agree with what we both did. It's just interesting how like I don't, I don't have him in any of the leagues. I haven't had him ever in a league, but I, it was like $3. The price was going to stop. If you're in an auction and you see this is not price enforcement, this is, okay, this makes sense. Would I have spent $6 in a mix? Maybe not. Uh, but $3, I had to do that. I also – I my another bargain, I got Ty France at the end for like $4. And Dom, Dom Smith, I would have spent like $14. I spent four. That's yep. awesome. And you did some interesting things in yours. Uh, and we, and uh, nobody cares about our teams. But I'd like to discuss from a, a general standpoint. Why would you take Josh Hader and Devin Williams? You spent a lot of money there. Are you assuming that you have all the saves? Or are you, like, was it like something you came into your draft or auction saying, "I'm going to get these two guys"? Or was it about the prices?
1: I, I'll tell you this. I'm not sure. I expected to get a single one of the players I put on my team in Tower's which underscores the idea that I'm going to go in without any very specific cutesy strategy and I'm going to just simply get values. Uh, my take was that Josh Hader is going to deliver me strikeouts at the bare minimum. I think the ERA and the whip are going to bounce back. I talked a lot about that one outlier outing that he had last year in 162 that will even out a bit. I just like the price for him. And if I'm going to pay the top level prices, you know, look at the top closer. And I to me, he's the top closer by far. Stalls at twenty-two dollars. I'll happily take him. I really thought I was going with a fifty-dollar pitching staff, and I ended up with one that was ninety. That's that's really a dramatic turn. I I I, I kind of did the exact opposite because I felt like almost all the high-level prices went at least three or four dollars over where my max was, and that's strange. And this was really an, a, a, a salary cap draft, as uh, we call it for the Wars thing. It was one where it was all about the timing. And when it's all about the timing, you really can't come in with any sort of plan or approach, and you can't really say that you know you 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 expected things were going to play out the way that they did. There were a lot of values late in this draft that I wish I had gotten, and I just didn't have the money to do it. Uh, but I feel like I got a pretty decent base that's not going to hurt me on offense. I'm not excited by it, but I think it's going to cover the bases. And I've got two starters I think were fantastic prices. And who were they? I locked down the Milwaukee bullpen. Uh, I got Jack Flaherty for 26, and I got Brandon Woodruff for 24. And you and I, and, I know, are both on in on Woodruff.
0: Earlier, you, you said don't come in with a plan. You don't mean that. You always come into any draft or auction with a plan. You're just saying be able to change your plan during the auction.
1: No cutesy plan. You don't have to come in and say, well, I'm going to take the guys who fit this specific description. Don't lock okay, yourself yeah, out of a, a portion of the player pool. Just come in and draft Value. Try to get a balanced team. That's one of my big things this year, but get value.
0: You you ended up paying a lot for Gavin Lux. I'm curious what your thoughts are on him. Do you think I don't because I don't think he's winning the second base job. I actually ended up with Chris Taylor in my league and I overspent a little to do it. Um, I think Taylor's starting a second base. It could be Lux. I don't know. Or maybe there's a DH next week, they they announced. But your thoughts on Gavin Lux. Is he worth obviously obviously you think he's worth drafting in a standard. I'm not sure I do. What do you an ESPN standard, which which is so shallow. Um, You spent double digits on Gavin Lux. What are your thoughts there?
1: Yeah. And and in our game, I probably would be uh, much more lukewarm on him. In this case, I'm looking at the players who could deliver me potential uh, profit if things played out well, if he does get the job, even if it's a a short period into the season. And among the guys in that tier, Gavin Lux had some of the best profit potential. Because the issue is on the offense, I have to have somebody who could turn around a profit or I'm not going to go anywhere with this team. And do I throw him back? Do I throw him and a couple of other guys back and take five hitters who are in the 6 to $8 range? Look at the guys there. I mean, you know, Adam Duvall types, Adam Frazier types. I mean, do those excite you? J.D. Davis was $8. Yeah. Maurice Damon, I really liked, but I wanted him at seven or eight bucks. He went for nine. You know, are, are those guys going to deliver me a win here? I, I really couldn't make the case. I actually think Lux is a very good prospect. If he hits well initially, he could steal that second base job. And I agree with you. I don't think it's going to happen on opening day, but I'm hopeful. I I, I wasn't wild about that buy.
0: Speaking of young players, other news here. Uh, Bobby Witt, who we just wasted time on talking and writing about last week, did get demoted all the way down to single A. And uh, Joe Adele got demoted as well. Who would you rather have this season in an ESPN standard? Bobby Witt, Joe Adele? Or would you not draft either?
1: Um, i I'd probably take Adele. I think I think a positional shift. This is another thing about uh, C.J. Abrams with the Padres. Similar yeah, situation. Yeah, sure, he goes with, there. Yeah. So he was he was one where I just didn't want him to land on the reserve draft in tower, so I took him as my last one dollar guy. Um, I, the the change of position during the course of the minor league season, where it's going to be delayed in the first place makes me think that there's very little chance Witt contributes much. And you're right, yeah, we wasted time on it, but I still think it's an exci- he's an exciting prospect. It was good to hear that they would be willing to take an aggressive approach with him. Adele. It's Adele.
0: Um, Carlos Carrasco over under 20 starts this season. Because I don't think on our last year we knew about the hamstring tear.
1: Yeah, we didn't. Uh, I think that happened Thursday night. Six to eight weeks is the likely timetable. Um, that would have projected on about 24 starts. I think when I did the quick math on it and 20 is a good over under, um, I, I actually gut says lean under, under.
0: Yeah, me too. I'm going to, he's out of my top 30 starting pitchers now in drafts. What, so
1: what do you have him at this point?
0: I haven't finalized it. I need to do it, but like, uh, I would definitely take, I don't know. I mean like Zach Wheeler, I'm taking Zach Wheeler over him. Um, Kyle Hendricks, definitely I have to look at my rankings and see where I have guys, but I, I think he's out of my top 30 and I'll he has contrast,
1: to be. I'll contrast two guys for you. Then Chris sale, Luis Severino.
0: I don't want either one. And I had a shot sale, sale went for only a dollar in my auction on Saturday. And I thought I'd rather get somebody who can help me now. And I, and I did, I, I and I'll tell you, we'll do a closer carousel and I punted there. Maybe I punted, I, I don't want to deal with Chris sale. I don't know when he's coming back. And it seems like he had another setback and now Boston's looking at July or August. Like you're gonna know, wait four months for Chris Sale? I, I'm not doing it. But my
1: would would he would Carrasco near the Chris Sale range as opposed to the Zach Wheeler range? Well, my Chris That's- Sale
0: range is outside my top fifty. Carrasco would be probably late thirties now in my rankings, amongst starting I've, pitchers. I got a Carrasco
1: fiftieth. That's why I'm very curious to see where you have him. Yeah. The industry hasn't really Put its foot down as to where they stand on Carrasco, 50? but Carrasco didn't. Carrasco did not go for much in Tall Wars. He was, he was cheap. I think he was eight? eight. I think maybe he, I should no, put him fifty.
0: You know what? When I actually after the show, I'm gonna I'm gonna update them, and maybe fifty is, is more accurate because he's not pitching in April and maybe not May now. So it's a shame. I, I like him, and, but and I have him on sim teams. So I'm not going to get anything there. Um, anything else in the news? No. Let's do a closer carousel, please. Can you sing it? <laughs>
1: It's the closer carousel.
0: Very strange posting over the weekend that I saw on Rotowire, which I'm on all the time. Uh, that Emilio Pagan is the leader in the clubhouse for Padres Saves. This is Kevin AC of the San Diego Union, Trib- Union Tribune reporting. And that's over Mark Melanson, who I would have sworn was the closer. Drew Pomerantz is with a, f- a forearm strain. That could be a problem. Emilio Pagan, how about that? So I bought him up for a dollar when I had $3 for two pitchers left, and I got him for a dollar. And I thought, well, I could get some saves or I'll just get a decent middle reliever. What are your thoughts here? That's That seems like it's an under-the-radar kind of news item that n- nobody's taking into account. Emilio Pagan
1: could be a, a closer for a 95-win team. Yeah, and I feel like none of us are really diving deep into the Padres' bullpen, which makes me think, are we all assuming it's Pomerance's job? Or all... I assume Lansom. I, But people aren't drafting that way. It's it's very odd. People are drafting as if they're presuming it's a committee. I don't hear people talking about and, – and frankly, I think that is a perfect committee bullpen. I think that should be a committee closer situation the entirety of the year. They've got the arms in order to mix a match based on any of the matchups in any game. But people are drafting like they 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 lean committee with Pomerantz being the lead. And everything I read or hear, people are making this assumption it's Pomerantz. I'm with you. Pagan could quite well, based on his experience and his stuff, could, you know, lock down that closer job. And Pomerantz is freed up when healthy. You're right. That, that that forearm thing is a concern. When healthy, he could be a multi-inning reliever who works in setup.
0: I'm starting to think Philadelphia is going to go with Jose Alvarado, the portly lefty who throws 100. Yeah. He looks great in spring training, certainly better than Archie Bradley does. And I thought all along it would be Bradley, not Narris, who added a pitch, um, a slider, I think. But Jose Alvarado, they've got other lefties in that in that bullpen. So I'm starting to think Alvarado is going to be the guy, which would be something, dude, something new there. How about that? Um, I, I what I, what I'll do in my rankings is I'll move him up, but not in my top. I'm not going to have any Phillies relief pitcher in my top 25 now. Um, Archie Bradley will move out. Um, what else? It doesn't look um, Richard Rodriguez not guaranteed the closer role in Pittsburgh. Um, I don't know who's going to be, but they're saying not guaranteed. Um, you know who's doing great behind him. No who?
1: David Bednar?
0: Right That's right, Bednar, who I only know for an odd reason because of the zips projections, um, David Bednar could be the closer for Pittsburgh. How about that?
1: Yeah, um, no, I, again, mean, I don't think that's necessarily like it, but we have to acknowledge that in a bullpen where things are up in the air and they don't have a lot of depth, Bednar has looked lights out during spring training. That's why I mention it.
0: I think Ian Kennedy's going to get Texas saves.:
1: I won't be shocked. I really won't. I, and you raised that on, I think, last Monday. And, and yeah, I, I was intrigued. And I looked at that myself, too, after you mentioned it.
0: Uh, in my auction, James Karinchak went for big dollars and I took a manual place for a dollar. I think that's a better Class value.
1: A. Class A. Class
0: A. Class <laughs> A. He's not going to be in Class A this year. He's going to be in the majors. Ooh, and he's yeah. got just as good stuff as Karinczak and doesn't walk people. Just something to think
1: about there. So I basically punted safe. No, save. he doesn't have as good stuff as Karinczak. He commands he's it He's got better. nasty stuff. It's it's Plaza. not Karinczak. It's not Karinczak. He commands it a lot better, though. A lot better. Isn't that kind of important? It's important, but to me, I don't think that the Ross stuff is – Karinchek's stuff is pretty filthy. He just can't control Both of it.
0: their stuff is filthy. The overall point I want to make here is, in an ESPN standard, 8, 10, 12, whatever teams it is, more than 15 closers don't even need to be drafted. Like, I honestly, at this point, don't waste a late-round pick on anybody on Detroit or Baltimore, Ooh. or may, maybe even Cincinnati. Why waste a pick on Lucas Sims or Amir Garrett at this point? Like, Just wait till waivers. There's going to be so many saves coming into this league, coming into the major leagues in April. Just wait for it now. And even if everybody else is looking for it too, they're not going to have enough room on their roster for it all. There's going to be plenty of saves out there. Don't even bother. I would just punt it. Punt it in your drafts, pick it up in April. I know you don't agree, but that's okay.
1: I, I actually don't. I don't totally disagree there. It, it's league contextual. It's in, influenced by that. But yeah, I, I mean, from our standpoint, especially the 10-teamers and, and more shallow than that.
0: You wait, can't do that yeah.
1: in a 15-team in mix like
0: we, I had no. or your NL no. only. No. But, but, in, but a, in an ESPN standard, why are you wasting a draft pick on Jake McGee?
1: Don't do it anymore. He, Here's the thing. So in the 12-team NL tout, I think only five closers or five relief pitchers went into double digits at all. Lucas. Sim- yeah, it was. Uh, no, nope, that's catcher. I'm looking at. Where is relief pitcher? Relief pitcher was. F- yeah, Six players reach double digits. That's it. As a matter of fact, six players reach nine dollars or more. And, you know, you could get Lucas Sims for two. You could get Melanson for four if you wanted to speculate there. Archie Bradley was five. Alvarado was three. You mentioned him before. I mean, yeah, you you can't even in the deeper leagues get values.
0: And in, in my auction, like uh, all these closes went for 20 bucks. Ryan Presley went for 20 bucks. I was like, I was hoping to get him for like 10 or
1: 12. I'm like, this is crazy. I'm not doing this. $20 for Ryan right Presley. And, and, and that, that illustrates a little bit the difference of the people who are in that league. The, the, the Tell wars group has been the same for quite a while now. And we are notorious for going dirt cheap on closers. That's why I probably look bad now in retrospect on hater at 22, but what are you going to do? I, and I'm, a, you know, I usually curse the guy. So maybe that's what I've done here. Maybe I've cursed. Nah, Josh you, hater and you, always, you always,
0: you always do well.
1: Not closers.
0: I'm sure you'll do well in labor and in the Towers this season. Let's bring in our friend Kyle now. We've got trivia and hash browns to get to.
2: Kyle, what say you? Well, first trivia, or I'll get to trivia in a second, but one of the questions on the hash browns was T-Bone. He's drafting closers like kickers this season. If you're waiting, as long as we're on this conversation, if you're filling the closer spots, who are the guys you're taking flyers on like?
0: I can name one almost per team. Honestly, I mean, people are still drafting Joachim Soria in Arizona. I think Crichton has just as good a shot to get saves. Uh, I'm trying to trade Will Smith in a keeper league today because I think Chris Martin's going to get just as many saves. Baltimore, I'm ignoring, though. Tanner Scott would be the guy. Boston, everybody assumes it's Matt Barnes. Could easily be out of Vino. Craig Campbell's not saving 30 games for the Cubs. Not. He's terrible. I don't know who is. Maybe nobody on the Cubs. Cincinnati, I think Garrett over Sims, but I wouldn't waste a pick in the ESPN standard. They're all hurt right now. Cleveland, I agree. Krinchak over Klaze, but Whitgren is right there, as you mentioned on our last show, and it wouldn't surprise me one bit if Krinchak walks five guys in his first outing and Klaze ends up with 22 saves. Um, who else? Colorado, I'm probably ignoring. It's a bad team. It's a 100-loss team now. Liam Hendricks is great. Detroit, I'm ignoring. Brian Press is great. Greg Holland is good enough. I think he keeps the job out of loyalty because that's all the worlds are. Iglesias is, is actually a, like my number five or six closer. Jansen, I think he loses the job to Trinan. Maybe Gratterall, maybe Victor Gonzalez. That's going to be really interesting, the Dodgers. Miami, I think it's Bass over Yimmy. Uh Josh Hader, obviously. I think Colomay is getting 30 saves and Taylor Rogers gets five. That's just me. Everybody disagrees. Do you, I know you disagree, but that's give okay. Me, give me the numbers on those. Colomay, 28 saves, Taylor Rogers, seven. I don't think that's a committee. I don't.
1: I think it will morph into a committee because I think Rogers is a superior pitcher to call me, but I don't have a problem with your projection. Was it
0: last year? He certainly Rogers? wasn't last year. Taylor, Taylor Rogers, Rogers was not good last year.
1: It wasn't bad it was good. last year. I don't
0: like Taylor it. Rogers was bad. Uh, some of it was Babip
1: craziness, but Taylor Rogers had a one fifty so whip last season. You're not, not gonna not forgive good. you're not gonna forgive Babip weirdness? 3.96 against
0: right. Your only argument on Alex Colomay not being a good pitcher is the strikeout right. That's the only argument you have. He morphed into a bit of a ground ball guy. He gets a ton of saves. I think, I I, I don't, Alex Colomay hasn't had an ERA over 3.24 since 2015. He's been uh, good for four years in a row now. I don't have a major issue I, I, with him. the He's Raisel little... Iglesias minor, essentially. He's fine. <laughs> I think he's the
1: closer. I don't think that's yeah, unique, and, and they and they paid him that way. I get it. As I said, I, I use the word morph, but I think that Rogers is a better pitcher than Cullumay. I think they're both very good, but I think Rogers is a better pitcher than him. Pitch um, ball down so gets, gets good ground balls.
0: Yeah, he's, he's fine. And I think Rodgers fits better in a setup role. That's another reason why I think Colomay closes. Uh, Mets is set. Yankees is set. Oakland is set. Philly, we just talked about. Pittsburgh, we all know. Potters, we don't know. Montero should be Seattle's closer, but I think there's other arms there that could do it. Middleton, for one. Jake McKee they is lost, not getting better uh, saves.
1: They lost Andres Munoz, or, or at least Munoz, had a setback. So in terms of the midseason threat, that was a little bit of good news for Montero.
0: Uh, but the Giants, I think Moranta's still hurt or he's still coming back from shoulder things. So I think if, if there's a right-hander there to watch, it's Matt Wizard. It's not Aaron Sanchez. He's not going to get saved. He's not going to be on the roster in April. He's hurt. Uh, Jordan Hicks probably starts for the Cardinals, uh, but I think, Gallegos is just, I think Gallegos is better than Hicks, if you want to use the twins argument there. Uh, Tampa, nobody gets 20 saves. And, and if you're drafting, and I wrote this on Thursday, if you're drafting Nick Anderson in round eight and Pete Fairbanks doesn't get drafted, you're making a mistake. They could have the exact same numbers. They really could.
1: Strikeout saves everything, even here. They, a whip. If they do go one direction and it's 20 saves, who's the one guy? Um, it's Anderson, but I think Diego Castillo is in play. Fairbanks was their, their closer in October. I, I, I don't know why we're assuming Nick Anderson is safe. I'm actually, I'm scared that if they do go with one guy for 20 plus saves, it is going to be Diego Castillo.
0: Yeah. I mean, Nick Anderson's is being vastly overdrafted right now. Texas LeClerc will not keep the job. He's he's wild and his shoulder hurt. I think Ian Kennedy gets it. Toronto, I think it's Yates all day and Hand will lose the job because he's just not that good. That's a guy. You, you're you you're equating Brad Hand and Alex Colomay as the same and I'm not. Colomay has overcome velocity and strikeout issues in recent years. Brad Hand is not going to be able to continue to overcome them, I don't think. But it's an interesting discussion.
1: Hand Hand is actually, uh, I believe the velocity is still in the same range that it was, but he's looking a little bit sharper with the fastball this spring. It's not a complete rebound for me. But I mean, does that mean you're anti, So like Tanner Rainey, I took Tanner Rainey for a dollar just as, you know, speculating on some bullpen guy there. We talk about him a lot. So you're saying you you like that one a lot or? Absolutely. A lot lot of people don't. They think it's going to be Hand.
0: I think Hand is their clear closer for now. And at some point he pitches poorly enough to lose the role especially in this division, I, uh, we just went through literally every team. What's, so what's next Kyle?
2: Well, we're going to get the trivia now. I just wanted to tie that into what we had the trivia question for today. One player since the beginning of 2018 is top 20 in both total number of home runs hit and lowest strikeout rate over that stretch. I want you to tell me who that is after we get a few more hash browns here. Randy wants to know how do you avoid mid draft getting caught in a positional run? Enforcing a pick you don't want to make. Well, just don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, done and done.
0: I mean, well, I mean, obviously discipline's a hard thing to know. But like closer runs, well, it's basically closer runs and steals runs that we're seeing, I think, in middle rounds. And they're both ridiculous because half the guys with the stolen bases aren't going to get them. Like I-, I got a question today about Miles Straw. I, I don't even think he's going to play. I think they're going to play Kyle. I think Dusty's going to play Kyle Tucker in center field. I don't know who's going to be the other outfielder. They don't even have like another guy there. But I don't. I don't think Miles Straw is going to play as much as people think. I'm not even sure Texas that kid Leota Tavares is going to play. I just drafted Eli White in the league. Um, Tavares
1: did improve a little bit over the past couple days since the show. He's had a pretty decent pass. I don't know why Texas doesn't just play him.
0: Bat him ninth if you don't want to lead him off. Okay. I mean, you have such a weird lineup as it is, and you're kind of rebuilding. But, but how to avoid it? I mean. I like to you start a run of something like if you're picking consecutively, you're the first or last pick. You know, take two closers in round twelve, then you're done. You started a run. You know, Iglesias is generally there around that time, or Colome nobody wants anymore. With Steals, I, I don't see a good spot ever to do a run there because <laughs> there just aren't enough of them. So make sure you get a decent base in the first five rounds would be my advice there. But what other runs could there be, Tristan? Starting pitchers, no. I mean,
1: outfielders, no. I don't see. You, I don't see. You could get a run on almost any position. It's not very common in, at positions like first base or outfield or the like. Catcher is one that's common. Um, I, I think you're, you're saying it dead on here. Just don't do it. Be disciplined. And the way to do, like that's an easy answer for us to deliver. It doesn't give somebody a lot of meat. What I would tell Randy in this situation is ask yourself that question. Have you prepared for your draft enough that your draft sheets are detailed and you've asked yourself, what would happen if I was faced with a catcher run at a certain stage of the draft? Am I comfortable with the players who are going to be there after that if I don't participate in the run? And if you don't have a good answer to that, you need to be addressing that position earlier on. You need to have a specific strategy to it. That's the way I approach it. I make sure that if I think it's going to happen and I'm going to be forced in a certain direction for steals or catchers or saves, that I am prepared going in for when it happens. Fair
2: enough. Gisler, Gissler, gisser I don't know. Some of these last names are tough to say. AL only keeper. He's already keeping three hitters and two starters. He wants to know which of these four does he keep. He can keep two of them. He's got Meadows, Solak, Karinchak, or Presley. Meadows. Keep two of them.
0: Meadows and well, he was curious about the closers. I would keep Presley over Korinchak. I, I have concerns about Korinchak and Solak. I keep getting him on some teams, and I'm thinking, like, what is the actual statistical reasonable upside for Nick Solak this season? He's supposed to be Texas's everyday second baseman. He can fake it defensively, but can he fake it offensively? Because he didn't do much in 2020 to to. To lead me to believe that big numbers are coming. Is he a 20 home run guy? I don't know. Is he a 10 steal guy? Can he bat 280? If Nick Solak went 280, 20, and 10, I'd be happy. Is Nick Solak going to do that? I don't know, man. I'm starting to wonder. Not because I, of his rough spring. I just, I don't know.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm with you on that with Solak. I'm I'm intrigued, but not enough to pay a, a, a big premium for him. The problem here with the two closers is I'm with you on Karinchak being... A lot riskier because of the control issues we just raised, but he's got. I, I think he's, if he has that job, he's a superior option to Presley, but I'm not confident. And here's the issue with Presley. And Eric, I, I want to see what your thoughts are on this. He hasn't pitched in a, at least in, a, in an official Cactus League game or not, I agree for a great for league game in, uh, in 11 days. And what bothers me a little bit about it is how not forthcoming the Astros are about Presley's overall health last year and this year uh, do, you know are, do you have any worries that he's not 100% great perfect the closer no competition because last year didn't play out this well
0: he had 12 saves last season he he gave up some stuff but he 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 was good enough to be a top 10 fantasy closer but i'm going through his history here i mean i guess he's durable he had 70 innings twice
1: 54 he had some real he had some real injury questions coming into the year. He I think it was at least a week before he even appeared in a game. With I an think injury my, that they were not forthcoming about. And why would anybody ever be forthcoming? I think the issue there it's is weird. It's weird who, the way that they're hiding it though. The, or last year that, at least. Who else could get saves there? There's no obvious setup man. It's Joe yeah, Smith. They were just so set committing.
0: Yeah. Um, or or wait a, for a kid like Paredes to like just take the
1: job. Isn't C-Shack the next in line? If he makes the team, isn't he an NRI? I mean, I'm not even sure he makes the team. Yeah, I remember reading somewhere where it was mentioned that C-Shack – like he was mentioned as one of the primary names behind him. I don't – I think yeah, my reason for
0: ranking Presley well is because of lack of competition. But he could fake his way to 30 saves. It's a good team. Uh, so anyway, my answer to the question would be – that is is obvious. Um, the second one, I think it – jeez. Yeah. I don't I don't funny. like I don't like keeping closers at all. I I'd I keep Solak and Hope. There is a twenty ten guy there lurking. So that's what I guess I would do. And then just try to draft saves. I know you're I, uh, it's risky. I had,
1: but... I am i do not think there's a right and I don't think there's a wrong answer out of these three, but I think it's between those three for the second spot. And right now I think I Probably would great. go Presley. I'd go oh, Presley. Yeah, okay. All right.
0: Interesting. Interesting. I, I don't know. All right, I'm I'm not going to cut Will Smith in my 16 team 12 keeper because I'm t- uh, the the reliever because and and somebody laughed at me when when I tried to offer him a trade and I thought that's odd like <laughs> they 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 might be trading for Kimbrell, and they but they don't want Will Smith but um I'm just going to throw him back and try to draft states because I think it's a total you know mm-hmm. luck mess
2: so right all right next. Pat wants a one-word answer here. Best pitching staff in the NL Central belongs to. I'm
1: missing a team. Well, oh, that's right. Problem. No, nope, if you I can't guess. think
2: of them, that's probably not the right answer.
0: Yeah. No. It's, I mean, it's, I, I would take the Cardinals. Ooh. Okay. What is that? The bad one. I mean,
1: yeah, best I pitching know, staff. I was is not the, in the not Brewers. the Brewers. Brewers for me.
0: Well, they have two two potential aces and a good bullpen. Yeah, no, it's you know, rotation,
1: that? isn't it? Isn't this just rotation? rotation? Yeah, he wanted
0: oh, rotation. Oh, rotation. I like yeah, Lindblom. Who? I like Josh Lindblom more than Moldfield. why? Why? Like, I, I don't think there's anything there. I, I let me let me see what the Cardinals bullpen is. I, I don't think there's anything there with with uh, Josh Lindblom. I wanted to believe that there was a potential. 15 win, 325 year A guy there. And then I watched him pitch in a game recently and I'm like, I don't know. The Cardinals have two great pitchers. I mean the Brewers have two great starting pitchers, and that's like Adrian Hauser and Josh Lindblom, right? When I look at the Cardinals, I'm you know what? It's not the Cardinals, but I am all in on Adam Wainwright as a late round pick.
1: I'm with you on that. Wainwright's looking very good this spring. I think he's made some adjustments that are gonna help.
0: And I don't think he's gone for nothing. I mean Cincinnati, like Sunny Gray is going to be out for the first week, but that could easily morph into three or four weeks. Um, but I do think Castillo's great. Tyler Mayo is a sleeper, but after that, I don't even know who's in the rotation. I don't want Wade Miley or Lorenzen. TJ Antone, I think, is going to be like a long reliever. Maybe he might close Cubs after Hendricks. No,
1: you're not Hunt buying in on him, Jake no. Arrieta's adjustments.
0: Man, I, I guess it's the Brewers, but I don't like I don't like any of the rotations. like you don't, compare the rotations in the NL Central to the NL East and it's not even close.
1: Not even close. All five right. teams in the NL East. Not NL, even close. The NL Central is pretty ugly. The thing with me about about the Brewers are you're right about Hauser and the durability question is a valid one. But if they do install Freddie Peralta in that rotation, I do think that's gonna pay big dividends. He's not going at a cheap price, at least not in my experience. Um and I'm they they have and Limbo I I, I get what you're saying about Lindblom. He hasn't blown anybody away this spring, but he does show more pitches than when he was back in the U.S. during the first stint, and he was pretty unlucky last year. So they've got more upside guys at the back of the rotation than some of these other teams. If DJ Antone was in the rotation, I'd feel a lot better about the Reds.
0: Lindblom is your typical innings eater who, who goes 425 ERA and 139 whip and doesn't help you. That's what Lindblom is to me. He's Wade Miley from the right side. It's just I, nothing special.
1: He's a better pitcher than Wade Miley, but you're right that there is the might path be. To those numbers. All right. I Wade Miley has no profit potential there. Lindblom does. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. All right, last question here
2: comes from Brett. He says you guys have talked plenty about drafts you've done recently. He wants to know the hitter and pitcher you have the most exposure to at this moment. Oh my goodness.
0: I have way too many teams. I'm cutting so back next year. I, I have Dom Smith everywhere. <laughs> everywhere. Because nobody – because I rank him in my top 100 and nobody else does. You know, I like I rank him like 60 and I'm looking at your rankings and other rankings and it's like 130. Of course, i want to end up with Dom Smith everywhere. I have Solak in a lot of places. Um, I have to – let me go through the rankings and see. Well, actually, let me go through live draft results and just see where I, uh, where I think I've got guys because that – that, that'll tell you maybe that's a column i should write for this week who who i keep ending up with and there you can't go. say you know you can't say trade turner it's got to be guys that you're ending up with after the first like 50 or 100 um i mean i don't even see where dom smith's
1: like adp is i i, I could be wrong 120 or 130 i think it was Last crazy tip. that's just crazy these are top people are people are asking the hitter little- People are asking a legit question about where is it he's playing every day. You raised uh, – who did you raise? You raised it about left field player. every
0: day, and there's not even a question he's playing left field every day. He's no not a good defender out there. I don't and care if the- Pat Burrow played every day, and Raul Obanias did in my town. I'm saying this. Dom Smith is playing every day in left field for the Mets. He's getting at least 500 plate, probably 600 plate appearances. And he's going to have better – Dom Smith's going to rank higher on the play rate than Pete Alonso because of that 50 points in batting average, just like he did last year. And everybody's drafting Peter Alonzo, number 35, and Dom Smith, 135. It's ridiculous. Dom Smith is just as good for they're fantasy.
1: Not, they're not drafting Alonzo that high. They, they are. are. AP, where do you think ADP is? is I've ranked him 48. I, that's not really very close to 35. I would anticipate it's lower than 35. Peter Alonzo is 44. Okay.
0: Okay. It's generous. And, but- it's way generous. And Dom Smith is like 130, you said.
1: Uh, I, do not, a couple I do not agree me. with you about the everyday left field thing, and I have shares of Smith, and I agree about the fact that he's a value, but I, I do not see him playing every day in left field. I can tell you that right why, now. Why would they sit Dom Smith if he's the he's best? He's not player. good defensively there, and that is a problem. Is Marcelo Zuna not going to play every day for Atlanta? Marcelo Zuna is a little bit more integral to the Atlanta lineup than Dom Smith is to the Mets.
0: Is he? Tristan, is yes. he?
1: yes. Yes. You know
0: what Dom Smith did last
1: year? Marcel Azuna is a special hitter.
0: Nobody's saying that Dom Smith's better than Marcel Azuna. Don't don't take my words That's wrong. That's what I feel like you were are, saying. Are you away with, aware that Dom Smith had a 165 weighted weighted runs created plus last season? Yeah. He was one of the I top am. 10 hitters in baseball. Yeah. In all baseball, Dom yeah, Smith was. And you're yeah. telling me the Mets are going to sit him for Jake Marisnik? They're not. In the ninth inning, they will. Marisnik. Or whoever, who yeah, who's the
1: who? Who are the Mets going to sit him for? JD Davis? Pro, <laughs> you know, they might on occasion against a lefty, and I do have an issue with that. That's not the part that's going to scare me away from it. I, I just I don't think they are comfortable with leaving three bats in the outfield and sacrificing a bit of defense. I think they are going to slot in other guys, and I think Smithson is going to get his bats. That's why I rank him generously. But I'm I'm not optimistic about everyday play. Over uh, on
0: five fifty PA's for Dom Smith. You're going to take the under on five hundred fifty PA's. You can't.
1: Uh, I, 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 I kind of think I should. Go ahead, take it. Kind of think I should.
0: Kyle Hendricks. I'm getting. I'm getting Kyle Hendricks in all my leagues. I don't know why, but uh, he's underrated. Nelson Cruz. That's obvious. I have him everywhere. Um, Granky, I'm getting because people don't want him because they think he's it's old. Hitters. Ridiculous. Isn't he asking hitters? Not, he's not Hitter old for Real people in baseball. Oh, we hitters fine. and pitchers. Uh, keep going down. Alec Boehm, of course. That's not a Phillies thing, though. He's just, I, I think he's underrated. Um, Urias is going in round 13. That's way too late. Um, closers, I keep reaching on Iglesias because I want a top 10 closer, but yeah. Brasco, not anymore. Corbin, Patrick Corbin, everywhere. Got him everywhere. Verdugo, everywhere. Dom Smith, everywhere. Um, yeah, I'm getting the same players on a lot of these teams. Actually, we should you should be answering this question. You're the one who wins your leagues. Who are you getting?
1: Interestingly enough, I, I feel like I have not gotten an awful lot of common names, but part of that is because three of my biggest drafts are still upcoming during the week. Um, <laughs> Smith was one that was fairly common for me. Uh, Chris Paddock, I've been getting a lot of teams. Danzwe Swanson, I've been getting on a lot of teams so far. Uh, I have been getting J.D. Martinez. Well, you know, actually, I don't feel like I'm getting as many shares as I would have liked to with him. I thought I'd get Eddie Rosario, and he's not going at exactly the levels that I was hoping. I'm getting a lot of Eric Hosmer. I think Eric Hosmer is actually going at a pretty decent price, and it's not a lot of upside, but it's not a lot of downside either. He's one that I'm seeing pretty commonly on my squads as well. Um, beyond that, yeah, like it's, it's kind of spread around.
0: Eric Hosmer, really? Okay.
1: Hosmer is the kind of guy that gives you – Middle of your ESPN starting lineup value, you know, one twenty-five-ish numbers, and he's dropping down to 160, 175 And considering the lack of depth at first base of exciting guys, I, I kind of feel like it's smart if you're building up at other positions and balanced players to get a safe middling type there. That's all that is. Okay.
2: All right, that's all we got for hash browns right now. We'll come back to trivia. One player since the beginning of 2018, top 20 in both home runs hit and lowest strikeout. Can you name that player for me?
1: I feel like somebody just tweeted a thing like this and there's a weird name on the list and I forget who it was.
2: It's really not. I've done better as far as weird names go. This is not some down the board undrafted guy. This guy's very fantasy relevant going early. Alex Bregman. Alex Bregman's right. How do you do this? Wow. It takes me longer to look up these answers than it does for you to guess them. It's
0: not that hard. He has a strikeout, but he has power. I was gonna I say Bregman, Jose Ramirez or Arenado were the three names that jumped to mind.
2: Man, and you just happen to pick the right one. You take all the fun out of the trivia sometimes. I take all the fun out of the show.
1: That's <laughs> by the way though, it's a good note on Bregman because frankly, he is going as a value in, in so most underrated. of the drafts I'm in. And and I do not think the homers are coming back to the level that they were a couple of years back, but he is very Nicely priced.
0: I spent 33 on Anthony Rendon on Saturday and Bregman went for 28 and I automatically regretted it right away. Bregman for $5 cheaper. That's crazy. But you know, timing. Yep. I had to get, I had to get a, an on base percentage guy. Mm-hmm. All right. I guess we're done. Thank you so much for listening to our little show. Fantasy focused baseball. We will be back on Thursday. We should also note, uh, check out uh, Buster's baseball tonight podcast. He does a great job every day. Uh, We do a great job, I think, two days a week. Uh, Anyway, that's all for today. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening and have a great and awesome week.